Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We're joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. This is one of our favorite times of the week where we bring the best part of the show to you. That's the uh, takes, the opinions, the thoughts, the concerns of your fellow conspiracy realist. Peek behind the curtain. We did a double header today. Uh, we are trying to more frequently record uh, these in sort of like a, a two pack, not, not not related to music, uh, like T W O <laughs> pack. But also, it is technically Tuesday. It was February twenty second, twenty twenty two, as we recorded this. Uh, and yeah, anyway, it's a nerd joke. Uh, but today, we hit the portal, just so everyone knows. The portal did open at mm-hmm. two twenty two today. Uh, mm-hmm. So just be aware of that. Yes, do be do be aware of that. And this week's segment um, is really exciting, at least uh, on my end, guys, because we're going to explore some elite clubs that are not secret, but I would argue are are de facto, are in practice secret. Uh, we're going to talk about one of my favorite old stories uh, that I run into every time with JFK. Uh, and then we're also going to hear a really interesting story from our pal, Honey Badger. And I'm not sure where this part of the conversation is going to go, but it is a follow-up to the very interesting tale we heard about military hardware being stored in abandoned Walmarts. And you like this, there's also a little, there's a hint of Disney. So I hope our strange news earlier this week was met with uh, acclaim or approval rather than opprobrium. So here we go. Honey Badger says, 
This is Honey Badger. This email is a response to our listener mail episode in regards to Walmarts being used for military storage. Feel free to let Dad Joke 69 know about this so he'll know why there are Blackhawks being stored in Walmarts. It's true. Dad, Dad Joke 69 is a, a, a longtime listener, a good friend of the show. Honey he Badgers. just called in very recently again. <laughs> I think a good enough rapper could just do a cadence rhyme of Blackhawks and Walmarts, you know? Like, oh, yeah, could yeah, be yeah. A, yeah. Nice Emily Dickinson slant rhyme there. Yeah, that's a good call, Noel. So Honey Badger says, I was stationed at a black site prison in Bagram, Afghanistan. I was there 2001 to 2002. The prison I worked at is no longer a secret. After Biden's glorious departure from that region, the prison has now been taken back by the Afghan people. Unclear if that glorious departure is sarcastic. Just a note, because we're getting this via text. While I was there, there was an inmate there named 626. That was his number. I didn't know his name. Turns out his son had turned him in for shipping unknown experimental explosive materials in shipping containers from Pakistan to the U.S. He wasn't a pleasure to have in the facility, says Honey Badger. He always yelled about how he was an American and how rich he was. Blah, 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 blah. No one gave a sh- What I thought was interesting was the conversation between the higher-up officers I happened to overhear. This guy would ship fabric to the U.S., and the fabric would be sewn by his companies in the U.S. Places that furnish the names like Martha Stewart, Olsen Twins Clothing Line, etc., etc., etc. When this material was found, it was also found that Walmart, Kmart, JCPenney's, Sears, and Toys R Us were writing off the weights on the shipping containers. Which one of these companies is still flourishing to this day? Walmart. Now, let's pause here. Because we need to just to unpack what Honey Badger is telling us. He's saying that, that there was a guy who was turned in by his own son for shipping explosives from Pakistan to the U.S. That's the kind of thing counterintelligence really wants to know about. You know what I mean? And this dude apparently had a lot of corporate connects. And we know the story of sweatshops and, and weird obfuscation of brands, uh, ultimate like producers all the time, right? Uh, we, we know that a lot of like, look at Luxottica, right? Uh, in this case, what Honey Badger is asking is how come these companies that were receiving this stuff, how come they weren't checking on the weight? Because you can predict, you can measurably and uh, routinely predict how much a container of the same fabric every time is going to weigh. So something might have been off unless somebody was writing it off or wasn't doing their job. That's the idea. Reminds me of uh, the great train heist in Breaking Bad. And the whole emphasis is on making the train weigh the same when it gets checked. So that is a real thing. That is a real thing. Uh, Then Honey Badger continues and says, then there was a scratch our back and we'll scratch yours deal made where Walmart wouldn't get shut down if the military could use a few of their places for storage. Now, it may look like on legal paper why these other places went bankrupt or whatever, but trust me, says Honey Badger, it's not the reason. Walmart did this to save their asses, and it worked. So the place where everyone spends their hard-earned paychecks was once in on some diabolical scheme against the U.S. I knew about the whole Walmart story and equipment story since the end of 2001. And when I saw the whole conspiracy evolve, I was just like, eh, I know why. Great, huh? Kind of great, Honey Badger, if true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Honey Badger says, want to hear a here's where it gets crazy? Just last week, a friend of mine informed me that after I told him this story, that not only is Disney one of Walmart's biggest customers, But in 2002, Lilo and Stitch came out. Stitch's name was Experiment 626. Was Disney trying to tell us something? What are the chances of that? They use Easter eggs all the time, but one that goes this deep? Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, great show, guys. Big fan. Uh, Honey Badger. So the, the connection there is that the inmate was known as 626, and Stitch was Experiment 626. That That's fascinating i think it's also i i don't know we'd need more to have some kind of confirmation there but what do you guys think about the idea of a backroom deal 
of this sort between Walmart and Uncle Sam. Like Walmart got caught doing shipping what terrorist supplies? Well, okay, so That's let's let's go. Yeah, let, let's go back to the original message that we got way back in the day from Dad Joke. Mm. It was just it was a message that it was a building, not necessarily a Walmart. It was a large building that was no longer an existing superstore, like a Kmart or a Walmart or one of those, and it was being rented out by the people that own the property. To I, th- I believe it was the Coast Guard, maybe the National Guard, but the military. They were just uh, renting it out to them so they could store their equipment there. It wasn't as though Walmart, the company, signed a deal with you know the Coast Guard to store their Black Hawk helicopters. Mm-hmm. At least that's my understanding. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a you know not to poke holes in Honey Badger's story, but it, it does feel like there's not a bigger conspiracy there necessarily. Right. It's fun to explore, though, because it also gives us an opportunity to talk about the importance of drilling down into the logistics of these things. So a lot of these large entities subcontract. They don't own the they don't necessarily own the shipping containers or they don't necessarily own a cargo ship. What they do is they own a an agreement with with one of these pieces, one of these links in the supply chain, and a company the size of Walmart by any given metric has a tremendous ability to dictate the terms of those deals. But, but the reason I'm talking about this, about the size and the, the panoply of, of different entities that may be involved in the supply chain, is that it is possible that Walmart no, like did not have any clue Right. Even if even if something uh, sketchy was on one of their ships or on a container that was marked, you know, this is destined for Walmart in um, uh, Tupelo Falls, West Dakota, which is not a real place unless that game control is real, which I hope. Uh, oh, God, I hope. <laughs> anyhow, the uh, the idea then is that it becomes the concept of watching every falling sparrow or or it becomes the concept of a whale not being explicitly aware of every single little piece of algae or uh, you know uh, whatever smaller thing you want to imagine a diatom even uh, but someone somehow law enforcement found these claims credible and they and they locked this guy up at this time Afghanistan very dangerous place Pakistan a known hotbed uh, for fomenting terrorist acts, you know, or fomenting terrorist operations, I should say. So they're like that part of the story, it seems to me that there could be sand because that happens pretty often. It happens more often than is reported in like your local CBS news or whatever. But the idea that Uncle Sam would find out about something like this and then find out about Walmart's involvement and then say, hey, we've got you by the jimmies. I don't know if that's a real term. I, Absolutely, it is. You know, they call a condom in the UK well, uh, uh, a Jimmy. Well, well, they call it a Johnny actually. But they hear Johnny. They're, they're, have you, you ever heard rappers? Sometimes they call it a Jimmy hat. Oh yeah, I have. Hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they've got you by the condoms. Um, but but the idea is like that idea is is interesting. But I think we would need a little more. Um, explicit info there, but still, yeah, it is. It is true. There, there is a lot of military hardware out there in the U.S. Uh, it's put in all sorts of places, um, and there are reasons for that, right? As later conspiracy realists pointed out, you know, it's not as if you can kick in the door of an abandoned Walmart holding Blackhawks and then just like push one out the door mm-hmm. and then fly it off as as like cool and grand theft auto as that would be the reality is that those things are purposely like decommissioned or uh components are purposely uh not removed necessarily but they're they're like purposely disassembled to a degree partially to maybe fit them in there and then partially uh because they don't want the local yokel crew to pop in and then <laughs> and then be the next Florida man, right? Florida man steals black hop helicopter uh, along with Gator sidekick. 
that's unfair, check out our episode on why that's unfair. Uh, we figured out the mystery of Florida Man, and it is depressing uh, and sad. But this this brings us, I think, also to a larger conversation. Like most most folks don't like to think about those black site prisons. Mm-hmm. And Honey Badger, you you brought this up as a fact, which I greatly appreciate because for a long time they were not treated as fact by the very same government that was creating them. And when we ask ourselves why people don't trust large government entities, it's because their track record is terrible over time. Their track record of being transparent with the public is terrible. And it's something that we dive deeper than ever before into. Uh, It's something that we can tell you about hopefully very soon. But trust us Mm -hmm. when we say that. We... We already were pretty convinced, and now we walked away absolutely convinced. Uh, You should always question this government, any government, just do some digging as soon as you have time, you know, um, because everything is being told to you through a series of filters. And that's not like governments have to do this sort of stuff. Secrecy is is part of it. It'd be like having a pizza without cheese to not have secrecy. It's, It's part of, you know, what makes a pizza. Ben, I keep going back to the quotations that uh, that Honey Badger used with the term experimental explosives. Unknown experimental explosives. Yeah. Like, what the heck could that be? And do you think it melts steel beams? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. We're joking. Ha, we're laughing. Oh, boy. Uh, we're, having, we're fun at parties uh, is what it is. Um, so with that one, to pause, I wanted to... First off, it's always thank everybody who's reached out to the show or who's reached out to me. I want to keep the door open to hear your thoughts, especially if you have experience with this, if you have something that could uh, maybe even provide some corroboration for Honey Badger's uh, concept here. Uh, you can find me at all the personal social medias. You can write to the show directly, conspiracydieheartradio.com. You can also call us at one eight three three stdwytk uh, And I would like to give a particular shout-out before we close out this part of the show to Dwayne, uh, who wrote in uh, with a wonderful idea about acquired savant syndrome, which is very real. Thanks so much. We're going to take a pause for a word from our sponsors, and we'll return with more letters from you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back with another piece of correspondence from, from you. That's right, you, specifically you. Uh, this one comes from codename Noel Green, a man after my own heart, uh, as in grassy and Noel, and he knows that Noel is spelled with a K, but I uh, wanted to go for a little bit of mystery. I probably shouldn't have spoiled it. Should have left it as an Easter egg for y'all to figure out. It's going to become That's obvious good. after the story that uh, that he writes us in this email. Um, he Which writes, I love this uh, story, by the way. It's so one of my favorite it's so ones. Good. It's uh, very good. The lore. It's a good one. And um, here we go. He writes thusly, for the uninitiated, on the day JFK was killed, three men, later dubbed the Three Tramps, were arrested in the train yard behind the infamous Grassy Knoll at Dealey Plaza, having been spotted climbing into a train car before it pulled away. They were photographed being hauled in by Dallas police, but mysteriously, no record was kept of who the men were, and they were released soon after their arrests. Numerous conspiracy theorists have been convinced two of these tramps were none other than Charles Harrelson and E. Howard Hunt of Watergate fame. Now, this is me. You may recognize the last name Harrelson. Charles Harrelson is, in fact, Woody Harrelson's father, the well-known actor of Natural Born Killers and other uh, fantastic um, roles that, that you might know Woody from. Really, really great dude and, uh, and, and big outspoken Marijuana advocate, bongo enthusiast, or that that's Matthew McConaughey. I think, they, I think they probably both like to play the bongos, but pretty sure both of those dudes have done multiple interviews for High Times magazine. Uh, also fond of uh, very brightly colored like print shirts, um, you'll, you'll, you'll notice, and a recent cameo appearer in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm as a super heightened version of himself who wants to meet Larry's cow, um, and uh, hilarity ensues. Anyway, back to the letter. Um, Charles always maintained his innocence and alibi, claiming he wasn't anywhere near Dallas that day. Okay, maybe not always. During a standoff with police following the assassination of the judge, he yelled out that he killed Kennedy, but later recanted the statement saying he was high on cocaine and also thought the claim might help keep him alive through the standoff. That is, in fact, true. There is a fabulous article in the Telegraph um, about just that. The article is called Natural Born Killer, The Violent Life of Woody Harrelson's Hitman Father by Tom Forty. Um, this story is also the subject of a really, really great podcast um, from journalist Jason Cavanaugh that, uh, that you can find. It is called Son of a Hitman. In the article, it talks about this, this exact standoff with the police where he like apparently got so high from um, intravenously injecting cocaine. Um, and he got out of his car uh, and was like super in some kind of like rage Hulk mode and like started just shooting his car, you know, with a shotgun. Um, uh, I'm not quite sure why. And then when the police came, he did shout out that he had killed John F. Kennedy. Um, anyway, back to the letter. Okay, nothing new in there, but that's just the backstory to this tidbit. Naturally, here's where it gets crazy, he says. After Charles passed away, Woody told my friend the following, that his dad told him while he indeed had nothing to do with Kennedy's assassination per se, he, Charles, had been trained by the CIA to be an assassin, and that he actually was in Dallas on November 22nd, 1963. Not only that, but that he had been instructed to be in the area behind the grassy knoll. He was expecting to get further instructions but none ever came 
Here's where it gets even crazier still, he says. He said in addition to himself, numerous other CIA assassins he recognized were there, and none of them knew why either. Like, none knew who the other was receiving orders from, or maybe he didn't even know who they were. I'm sure a lot of these people were kept isolated from one another. It wouldn't really make sense for them to be, like, buddies. Um, they would want plausible deniability and, and so that one person could narc on the other one, right? Uh, let's see. He may have made it up. Charles may have lied to him, perhaps to impress his famous son, hoping to compensate for his years behind bars with a claim to having served his country in a glamorous James Bond-like fashion. I just don't know. Okay, I'll leave it at that for now. I have a number of other items on my agenda to cover for you guys, including a theory on the flaming objects cited by the guy in boot camp before Y2K, but... Uh, for now, I'll bid adieu. Thanks again for a great show. I learned something they wish I wouldn't know every time I tune in. Yours in mystery, Noel Green. Um, this is so great. It, it really touches on a, th- a lot of things that are, in fact, out there, including an interview with Harrelson himself, uh, the, the elder Harrelson, and a quote uh, from the, the younger Harrelson in that um, uh, Telegraph uh, .co.uk article. He uh, had this to say to the journalist. or Actually, I think it was a piece of tape that they got. Um, I don't know that he directly interviewed him, but um, he, Woody himself had something super interesting to say. This is from the article. Uh, Woody Harrelson said, I think that it was uh, in the, the trial that was mentioned uh, for the murder of this judge. Um, I think that it was not a fair trial. I'm not going to say my father's a saint, but I think he's an innocent of that, of this killing. Uh, Woody had also said he believed his father was a secret CIA operative. Um, He says, I shouldn't get into this right now. This is where we're going to get into trouble. I know it's true. Um, And then, you know, we found this, uh, this, this clip on YouTube, very nondescript clip. Um, And I'm going to share a little bit of it with you guys right now. And then then we'll hear it from uh, the elder Harrelson's own mouth. Well, here, before we play this, just quickly, if that's okay. Um, oh, sure. Do you guys think if somebody like Woody Harrelson, who has you know such fame, mm-hmm. he's he's known the world over. Do you think if his father actually was involved with the CIA, that some other retired agent would at some point divulge that to him? I mean, deathbed confessions are weird. I'm very well acquainted with this story with all with the angles of the way it's been reported and you guys know why so i'd like to thank you noel green uh for for writing this out um this is a piece of conspiracy lore but the the issue is one of ideology or conflict so deathbed confessions are very much a real thing but also people locked away in prison lying in hopes of some betterment that could also be a real thing no i'm not I maybe met Woody Harrelson once. It was a really weird time. Uh, and we didn't talk about this, but... Uh, you really did? Uh-huh. Well, it was him or a guy who looked exactly like him. I'm not going to tell the circumstances of the story on, on this show. Um, but, but it was it was in a parking lot behind the local, and I'm pretty convinced it was true. But cool dude, at least from that conversation. Um, also, you know, you have to ask people's motivations for saying these things. Um, If the CIA story is true, which hasn't been confirmed, hasn't been proven, but the idea of multiple people not knowing who was whom, but recognizing each other as maybe mutual fans of their work, um, that could be possible. But if it were possible, it would remind me of the old practice of uh, in the days of firing squads. If you've been around a firing squad, one of the really common things they would do all the time in the early (laughs) days was to have one gun loaded. And the other, you know, four is six or whatever, however many people were there. The other like four or whatever would be, would not be firing live rounds. They'd be firing blanks so that you could live without thinking that you had murdered someone in cold blood. Oh, interesting. Oh, anyway, never thought about that. Just that perspective. To the benefit of the, uh, the uh, executioners, Mm -hmm. not knowing which is the one who actually dealt the killing blow. Can I play this clip real quick? I just think it's interesting yeah. to hear it directly yeah, yeah. from him, and then maybe we can discuss a little further. Because uh, he, he, references, he references all of these things and then kind of waffles a little bit in a very interesting way. No, I, I did not kill John Kennedy. That is a photograph of one of three so-called tramps 
uh, who were apprehended and then mysteriously disappeared on the day of the Kennedy assassination. And uh, the fellow was, I'm told, at one time positive, positively identified as myself, uh, which is ludicrous if you look at the man. I was 25 the day Kennedy was assassinated, and I would say that gentleman is probably in his mid to late 30s at the very least. But uh, the facial structures um, isn't even close. Now, that's amazing, isn't it? And that is closer, much closer. But uh, here again, the person is probably in his 30s, and the brow ridge isn't, isn't the same here. But it, is, it does look very, it looks a lot more like me, I would say, this view than does the other. But uh, no, I, I don't know the gentleman and uh, never did know. Everyone who was involved in that thing has been eliminated. Had I been involved in it, I would have been killed. Had I been approached to be involved in it, I would have laughed because it's obviously a case of emulation. You're going to destroy yourself by doing something like that because the agency involved in carrying out this assassination cannot have someone with first-hand information regarding the assassination. No way. The country would destruct if that came forth. I mean, he's, he's, he's right. You know, I, I, I love the way he puzzles over this and then kind of was like, oh, it does kind of look like me, but... I never would have agreed to do something like that unless he was already under the protection of the CIA, unless he was already an asset of the CIA, as were maybe those other tramps. CIA protection is is not necessarily a long-term investment strategy. A hundred percent, a million percent, of course. You know, you're you're made to feel as though you have the protection, then you become uh, a liability, and then to his point, you, you get eliminated. But I mean, I don't know, but the CIA could reach you in prison. Of course they could. I just think this is one of the more convincing conspiracies around the JFK assassination. And uh, I, I know Woody Harrelson, you know, he's got a reputation as being a bit of a, a bit of a kook. Uh, maybe, you know, hitting the wacky tobacco a little too hard. But he also, you know, he's an interesting guy. And, and he obviously believes this story about Woody, his father being a Woody, CIA if asset. if you're listening, if you're listening, just call our number. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, man. I'm mainly referring to maybe sort of the reputation he has in public. I mean, it's even something they played into in his cameo in Curb. I'm not being mean. I love Woody Harrelson. I think he's awesome. But I think he does get a bit of a a reputation and is painted by the media as being this sort of like, you know, fringy radical. And that's totally the character they overemphasize in in Curb. Um, But he does seem to believe that this story is true uh, and that somebody told him. That's, uh, you know, someone who is uh, reputable. I think it's really interesting. And he's still in prison, right? He hasn't passed, you know? No, he, he died. Uh, he passed he away, did die. I believe. A heart he attack. did just pass away. Okay. Well, we'll probably never know that. <laughs> but uh, that's all I got there, guys. Sweet. It's chilling, kind of, don't you think? Hearing this tape, especially. I'm not sure what this is from. Um, I'm not quite sure what this documentary footage that, 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 that is on YouTube is from. Yeah, it's, it's it's very unclear, but um, I'd love to see the whole thing. Let us know if anybody recognizes that audio where where the uh, the larger with the larger context might be. We just played uh, the tiniest clip of it, but we'd love to watch the whole the whole documentary. But um, mm-hmm. let us know what you think. And let us know if you have any insight into this, or if you're friends with Woody Harrelson, or if you're Woody Harrelson yourself. Um, we'd love to know. Um, in the meantime, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back with one more piece of listener mail. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. 
on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. All right, and we are back. And we are jumping to a message for our voicemail system, and it sounds a bit like this. Hey, guys. Um, share this if y'all want to, but... Uh... I just wanted to talk about something that I came into possession of that I'm not really sure I'm supposed to have. So it's, it's a small 96-page book, and it is literally just a list of names. And uh, these names are like the 1% of the 1%. And uh, the book is, is a member's list for this exclusive something or another social club in New York City called The Brook, B-R-O-O-K. Um, but the names are, you know, people like, let's see, you got Michael Bloomberg, Lord William Astor, uh, got German princes, Saudi princes, English princes, uh, David Koch's in here, uh, just, just all sorts of folks. Anyways, um, Jim and I got from these in his 90s, and I've been doing this just, you know, household work for him and his wife during the pandemic. And uh, he is a member, former Pan Am exec, but his resume really makes you wonder what kind of uh, role this club plays and, you know, for small hand it plays in shaping the way the world runs. Like, he went from being a Pan Am exec to working on the board of, I think it was called Opus Group, which uh, literally determined like where cancer drugs went, like how they were allocated. And uh, that seems to me like the kind of move you make when uh, you're in one of these clubs and your buddy says, hey, well, why don't you come work for me? You know, I'll pay you twice as much just to uh, tell people they can't, you know, have our drug one thing or another. Anyways, um, really makes you wonder. Uh, it's called The Brook the Social Club. Not sure if I should have uh, shared those names, but hey. Man, yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh wow! What was that guy from the older uh, generations of TV? Ha <laughs> Yes, Ew. I'll buy that for a dollar. Oh no, that's a different thing. <laughs> well, some agglomeration of those characters. That's awesome, man. And this is apropos to another conversation we had off air. Uh, <laughs> it really is stays off air. So the Brook Club. 
Um, Matt, you did you did some great digging on this. I, it, it's something, it, it's similar perhaps to some stuff we've talked about in the past, the idea that there are these exclusive private entities, you know, that go, that are much fancier than Bohemian Grove, by the way. So the first question a lot of people in the crowd today are going to have on their minds is this, Matt, is the Brook Club real? The Brook Club is very real. And it's probably not as uh, excitedly scary as you maybe hope or imagine from that message from Anonymous (laughs) Person. Thank you very much for calling in, by the way. Thank you, Anonymous. Um, It is one of the social clubs that currently exists, that has existed for a long time in cities across the world, especially in places like London and New York maybe Philadelphia, Boston. There are social clubs like this. Atlanta. Atlanta's one of those cities. Uh, They're across the world. I found an article from the New York Times from 1903, for real, and it is titled, New Club is Launched, an exclusive organization with peculiar advantages, and it is called The Brook. Guys, uh, it's named after a poem. By Tennyson. Are you familiar, Ben? I'm, I'm assuming you are. Alfred yeah. Lord? Yeah. Is it, it's Song of the Brook, right? Mm, I believe that's it. The line is, men may come and men may go, but I go on forever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the brook. I, I had to look it up real quick just to, to double check. I mean, uh, it's, it's a beautiful line in the poem. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, yes. And the reason why they use that line and this concept of the brook is because it was going to be very different from the other social clubs that existed in New York City in the early 1900s. They were going to make that baby open 24-7. Yeah! No No matter when you need to go sneak away from your loved ones or the people who are around you in your daily life and you're working, you can sneak away and read a newspaper around a giant table. Or have a meal, perhaps, and share some uh, discussions with other men. Only a hundred men. And only dudes. Only dudes and only 100, or I guess 99, other dudes who also might be let in. Because there are only going to be 100 members at any given moment of the brook. This thing is is fascinating to me. Uh, The way it's written about in 1903 by the New York Times, it is just a... Regular old thing. It's another one of these clubs, these gentlemen's clubs, not the kind that you think of right now. Not the kind kind, uh, (laughs) most of us listening to could get into. It's the kind that you couldn't get into. Yes, this is no cheetah. It is, in fact, a uh, it's like a Piedmont driving club kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a it's a club where you go to socialize specifically with men. And there's some great stuff you can find online about this place. You can find out roughly where it is in Manhattan. You can look it up. I I won't give the address here because I don't want anybody just running over there because we're talking about it on the show. But, uh, you know, no harassment, everybody. It's a private social club that still exists in Manhattan. Think about that, though. A private social club. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. No one feels like that's a whatever. Um. Yeah, can I, I tell you? Can I yeah. tell you who was also a member? Oh, please! I've got a I've got a uh, notable members list here. I hope you name my favorite Sith Lord. Well, the first one ties directly to the previous story. John F. Kennedy was allegedly a member of the Brook. Sure, yeah, it makes sense. He's a blue blood. I, I thought you might. I thought you might mention uh, Henry Kissinger, who mm-hmm. is. I feel like I have to do this every time I bring him up in a show. Who is still alive? Henry Kissinger still alive. Uh, the most diplomatic thing you could say is he's a controversial figure. Uh, but I did rightly describe him as a Sith Lord uh, and not without not without reason. So he's in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Our caller mentioned Lord Liam Astor, mm-hmm. princes, princes from Germany, Saudi Arabia, David Koch. John Jacob Astor is in there mentioned by a couple of websites here. William K. Vanderbilt, the second. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was John Jacob Astor the fourth. I apologize. Right, right, right. Because old money gets terribly uncreative when it comes to naming their children. Uh, this 
this is this is fascinating, but we should say immediately the existence of a place like the Brook does not necessarily mean there is anything untoward, anything um, ethically fraught, or anything even like illegal going on. They could just be hanging out because they want a quiet place to read, which you and I talked about a little bit off air, Matt, which I totally agree with. The problem is that there is tremendous opportunity for corruption here, just like the practice of lobbying. Like you've got the one of the richest guy. Wait, no, at the time, John Jacob Astor Forth. I'm trying not to say that to the cadence of John Jacob Jingleheimer. Um, but anyway, Astor was the richest dude in the United States. And he was hobnobbing with people who would be able to put their hands on the wheel of policy, right? So you could conceivably have conversations in this club that later turn the course of um turn the course of the law to your preference you know like if you were a member of this club and you had you know a kind of hot hot shot kid who got in trouble you know hit hit a building driving a car uh or something like that then this your friends here at this club would be able to get that erased just, it's just possible. It doesn't mean they did it. It's just just possible. Just well, I'll give you I'll give you club membership reasoning mm-hmm. from Anthony Lejeune writing for City Journal. I believe this is 1992. Yes, when when Anthony Lejeune wrote this, it, the article he wrote is titled "A Tour of New York's Clubland," and what Anthony states little ways down the article is quote. Nobody joins a New York or London club for the gastronomy. What one <laughs> clerical club man called, quote, the peace of cod, which passeth all understanding, unquote, is all too common fare. Conversation is supposed to be the point. Or rather, there are two conflicting points, refuge and company, which is why real club men need at least two clubs, one where they can hide grumpily behind a newspaper and another where they can talk. So according to Anthony, at least, it is a social club. It is to have a thriving, interesting conversation. Yeah. You know, the descriptions that we just had hypothetically of covering up crimes or uh, altering laws are both thriving and lively conversations. That's a great talk. That's a great talk. Totally. I mean, all those Bohemian Grove conversations, I'm sure, are quite illuminating. Mm-hmm. 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 And like, there's another thing here too, which is, you know, we're we're on record saying this. Whenever we find out about secretive organizations, one of the first things we try to do, just for ourselves, is figure out what like their typical menu contains if they if they have food. And at this point, Matt, I don't think that's on on the record, right? I don't think so. There, within that Anthony Lejeune article, there is one moment where he discusses one of the clubs in New York has a grill, essentially a large grill that operates all the time while the club is open and there's no menu. You literally walk up and just request something and they make it and they don't, they don't keep lists of who eats what. You just go up, you ask for something, they make it for what you. What a stressful, what a stressful <laughs> position for the person working the grill. That's terrible. Uh, I'll have one <laughs> hawk of lamb roasted and I will eat it whole so the juices drip down my face and manly chest. Bring me two ortolan and the eye of a lying child. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. If how you, they, yeah. No, we're exaggerating, uh, but that, that's, pretty, that's pretty amazing. It is. And the concept with the brook I was 24 hours that. You just get to go. And just I be, you're the most important person and all these other people are the most important persons and only 100 of you exist. Oh, I only uh, like the 24-hour vibe, but that's why oh, I hang yeah. out at Waffle House. <laughs> oh, yeah, lovely. Uh, just give you some more names of clubs if you're interested mm-hmm. in looking this kind of stuff up. There's the Union Club, Knickerbocker Club, Metropolitan Club, uh, and there's so many more now that have uh, cropped up over the years. There's all kinds of stuff that we could get into if we want to talk more about these. But, um, gosh, I, I highly recommend going to the Wikipedia page for Brook Club or the Brook Club and find this 1903 article because there's a link. There's a link to it down there in the bibliography and just read it. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 
just how it was written about in 1903. And also, we got to mention just that one rumor that I love so much. Oh, they, the egg? They were upstart club. Yeah, can you share that? Can you share that with the class? <laughs> no, you tell, tell, you tell no, us. No, you tell. no, no, you got to do it. Okay, well, allegedly, according to many places that have written about the Brook Online, and there, there aren't that many, but of the ones that write about it, they tend to mention this, that there is a rumor that the Brook was founded by, quote, two former members of the Union Club, who were expelled after trying to poach an egg on a bald member's head. Oh, <laughs> that is the height of decadence right there. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, don't move for a moment. Do you have the egg? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm standing still. Yeah, someone's cracking an egg on your head, Jerry. Glug, 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 gross. <laughs> Get away from me, gentlemen. Also, what was that offshoot? That's the origin of egg on the face. Oh, no <laughs> joke. I'm, I'm choosing to believe you and will think nothing else uh, from this moment forward. But this reminds me of that offshoot secret society that like kissed the bulldogs buttholes. Remember that one? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How are those guys? I'm sure they're fine. What were they called, though? They were, they were an offshoot of like... Um, uh, I want to say Rosicrucians or something, and they have these little. They weren't real. They weren't real. They were uh, statues. Bulldogs. They were statues. Um, but they oh. would crawl on all fours and like kiss the the anus of the of these small dog statues. Was it what, well? I don't know if it was were they pugs. I think they were pugs. They, they were, were not bulldogs. There's a real pugs thing. kissing buttholes. <laughs> Let's see. Please don't uh, search that. <laughs> Uh, the time for search histories. It's the Order of the Pug. The Order of the Pug. And it was a French oh. thing that I believe oh. the the creators were banned from, was it Catholicism? It had it something was, to do with religion. A, after yeah. the Pope banned the Freemason. Uh, that after was the it. Pope banned Thank joining you. Freemasons. So these people get up to stuff. Uh, it's true. Who doesn't like to belong to a club? That was a great deep cut. You can learn more about that on uh, Ridiculous <laughs> History. I think we do. It's true. Is that true? Yeah. And this... Uh, Matt, with all now that you know all this and, and anonymous, thank you for writing to us because um, one important point I think we should know about the Brook in the modern day is it it's one of the few private clubs of its kind left. Is that that correct? In oh, York, I don't least? know. I, I think I think places like Montauk Club, which have been around since eighteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. still exist. I I think is the Knickerbocker Club not a thing anymore. I'm pretty sure it is. It's so fun to say. I hope it's still around. Does that have anything to do with the Knickerbocker Hotel in New York? At uh, uh, 2 East 62nd Street? It's Correct. still around. Knickerbocker Club is still around. Yeah. I mean, I think most of these are. Like, the, the Piedmont Driving Club was established in the 1800s here in Atlanta. I mean, it's like... Mm. These, well, the, the, things. the thing about the Rook... And the Knickerbocker and the Union, uh, the thing that's so interesting about these clubs, from an outsider perspective, to be clear, is that the Brook started because these two guys apparently thought the Union Club either stinks at partying or they're no fun when it comes to eggs. But the Knickerbocker (laughs) Club, according to the story, started because they thought the Union Club had lowered its standards of admission. Who are they going to hmm. let in next? The left-handed? Oh, the Welsh? No, you can, yes, dude, you can read about that uh, in, in the, the tour of New York's Clubland by Anthony Lejeune. There's discussion in there about how they started to admit bankers and attorneys who were... Tradesmen? You know, <laughs> yeah, tradesmen. <laughs> That's how they refer to it. Like, oh, they started letting in With attorneys. Filthy blue collars. <laughs> oh, wait, no. These are what? Attorneys? That was not good enough? They and don't bankers. differentiate. They don't differentiate. Attorneys wow. and bankers. They're people who had jobs, which means I they're don't trash. believe the Knickerbocker Hotel has anything to do with the Knickerbocker Club, just, just for the record. But it's that. just oh, okay. a but. phrase, Knickerbocker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was inspired by, or I don't know if this is a person or if, what is a Knickerbocker. It's, a it's weird people word. from Manhattan, basically, are Knickerbockers. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I, I believe that's correct. Someone, if you're a Knickerbocker, write in. If you have a if you have a membership at the Knickerbocker Club and feel that you the history of the club has been unfairly represented, please also 
right in. <laughs> also, could we get an invite, uh, you know, just to pop in? Just like a guest mm. pass, like at a gym? That's a thing, right? I'm actually going, I'm, I'm actually working on uh, forging a collaboration with a club like that in Atlanta. So I will give updates once we have more info. I want, I want shotgun. <laughs> I just want a shotgun. <laughs> oh. Okay. These Uh-oh. are these are wishes. <laughs> these these are wishes we could we could grant everybody. Someone in the crew needs to have a shotgun in general, you know. Uh, these days, uh, this brings us to a bittersweet close because we enjoy these conversations. We're grateful, as we said, for everybody's time, but it's a little bittersweet for us because we haven't gotten to all the correspondence yet on our continuing mission. To explore strange new thoughts. I'm kidding. I don't know how far we can get with that paraphrasing before we get sued. But the point is, if you enjoyed this, we'd love to have you on there. We'd love to have you aboard. Uh, We can't wait to hear from you. So why not try to reach out and tell us your story? We're easy to find online. Yes, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube at Conspiracy Stuff. You cannot find us at the prestigious clubs around Atlanta. You must use some form of technology, such as Instagram, where you can find us where we're at Conspiracy Stuff Show. But if you don't like using social media, there are other ways to contact us. Mm-hmm. You can use uh, some sort of, you know, flash paper situation where you can write your missive on there and throw it in, uh, you know, some kind of ceremonial urn and set it ablaze. And as the smoke drifts up into the ether, um, you know, look to the north or is it the west? I always forget. And you'll see your uh, your answer written in the sky and uh, the constellations. That's one way. But if you're not into, like, you know, the dark arts, you can also just reach us via the telephone, which is, you know. In and of itself, a bit of a dark art. What do they say? Uh, technology at a certain level is indistinguishable from magic. Well, technology uh, started with the telephone. Uh, you can give us a call at one eight three three stdwytk What do they do then? Well, after you've called one eight three three stdwytk you will hear a message telling you that you have joined a very exclusive club, confirming you're in the right place. You'll have three minutes. Those three minutes are yours. Get weird with it. Go nuts. Can't wait to hear from you. Couple, uh, a couple things that will help us out on our end. Let us know if we can use your name and or message on air. Give yourself a cool moniker. Uh, that we, we get so many. We enjoy them all. Tell us what's on your mind. And most importantly, do not censor yourself. That is antithetical to the mission of this show. If you have supporting links, if you have a story that needs more than three minutes or a comment that needs more than three minutes, write it all out. Paste those links. Send us to the rabbit hole. Do it by email. We read every letter we get. All you have to do is drop us a line where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.